0: Love a rugby league same-game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same-game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favourite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. all and that is gone. only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the Supercoach episode of the week. TLT round 18 this week, round 17... Oof, there was a bit of carnage there. It's certainly turned into a point of the season where the last few weeks in particular, there's been a lot of movement able to had in the rankings. And I, like there was somebody that posted, it was going great guns at around 300th and they moved all the way up to 17. That's a massive rank change that we never normally see at this point of the season. It does give you some hope though, because a lot of ways that you can make up ground this late in the season. So for this episode, we are going to go for... Our normal Clint Eastwood segment. We're going to go straight into Market Watch, which is a pretty big one this week because we're looking at keepers on the way on the run home, and then we're going to have a look at the matchups of the week. and We've got a full round of games as well after the mini big buy round last week and the big buy round the week before. So, first full round of games in a few weeks, which is great to see. And look, this one, it's going to be a quicker one. It's going to be shorter because it's going to be a solo podcast this week. Unfortunately, just had so much sickness in my household the last few weeks. It's been really, really tough on the podcasting front, but managed to get through it. We've got Billy returning next Tuesday night for the Supercoach podcast, which is great. On Thursday this week for the Talking Footy podcast, have Jamie Soward on. And Jamie's the current coach of the NRLW Dragons team, uh, as well as doing some work with the Men's Dragons NRL side as well, so that's going to be a really interesting chat. Before we do get stuck into this Supercoach segment, though, I do need to mention the great partner of the All-Stars podcast in Picklebet. You would have heard the fantastic ad at the start of the podcast before we started. Picklebet now have same-game multis, as was said on there, so you can jump on to Picklebet.com and have a look. They've often got better odds than some of the bigger bookmakers, so if you'd like to have a punt, certainly shop around and create an account with them today. PiggleBet.com, you can create an account with the referral affiliate code, make sure that you use that, it's all-stars, all one word, when you sign up, it'll ask you for an affiliate code or referral code. Use all-stars when you create the account, that'll make sure they take great care of you as one of our listeners, and this week on Picklebet, we do have one of our specials, so the all-stars podcast always has a weekly special of the week that we're going for. This one is an NRL all-stars multi for the Sharks-Dragons game. We are going for the Sharks to win by 13+, and both Sharks wingers to score. Katoa and Mulatalo to go across any time. That's going to give you almost $3 odds now. Considering how well the Sharks should win, and the fact that these two wingers should absolutely carve up those those, uh, sides of the Dragons' defense, it, it looks like an absolute banger, so I'm all over that one. But if you like to jump on, go and have a look at it. It's under the Sharks-Dragons game, and you'll see it under the same-game multi-specials, and there's an NRL All-Stars multi there. But jump on picklebet.com, because they've also got some other great odds too. Militalo, first try scorer in that one, 7 bucks. Pretty nice for the favourite. But I like Sione Katoa, $8.50. And he's on that side where Dylan with the Lesniak, just scored f- four tries on the weekend. You know, so that's that's a great one if you want some value, eight dollars fifty for him to go across and other value, maybe you like a Will Kennedy at ten bucks. Some great value on picklebet.com. So go jump on there today. All stars is your referral affiliate code when you when you sign up and create an account today. So the Super Coach episode, the good, the bad, the ugly, let's get straight to it. Uh for me I finished just shy of twelve hundred, which was a bit below average, and uh the good I tell you what, Scotty Drinkwater. Absolutely killing it. Every week for the last five or six weeks, he's absolutely brained it. 140 points is his season high. 3.4% ownership. I could not, I could not have wished for anything better. And I have to say that the Drinkwater Gutherson combo is absolutely one of the bright spots of my season, and it's going to continue on probably for the run home. The way things are going, but Drinkwater was certainly the best for me. When we're looking past the good, the bad, oof. there was a few things to choose from from uh, my side this week. I, I'm i going to say I'm completely disappointed in Micah Sivo. I'm not quite ready to jump off the train. But I tell you what, a couple of games in a row with no try means 27 and 18 point outings. That 18 points on the weekend really hurt me. It was the lowest score he had in my entire squad. Even out of my NPRs, he scored less than like Junior Tino and everybody else. So wasn't great for Micah. He's not come through the last couple of weeks, but I am going to hold strong till next week. The bad the captaincy options again. So my weeks, even that have been poorer in the last couple of months, there's only been a couple of weeks that have been pretty poor. They would have been fine, including last round, if I just chose the right captain. So had the opportunity to loop Gutherson at 109 points. Didn't do it because I had already seen that Schuster scored 22 points and I was a bit worried about having to cop that 22. So didn't loop, stuck to my guns, went for Cody Walker captain and obviously he scored 36 points, which was super disappointing. The Rabbitohs themselves were really disappointing and were really ugly, so that was just a terrible game to have any part of. Didn't enjoy it at all, and if I just went for a drink water, geez, that would have been an extra 100 points on my score. I would have been at 1,300 and absolutely flying for the round, so really disappointing, Um, but I am hoping that the South Sydney Rabbitohs have a bit of a bounce back this week. When we're having a look at the, the round review, just briefly, uh... There were some really big scores this round. Obviously, the Dragons punctuated that. 175 points for Dallin wittenny Zalesniak. DWZ, look, I've got to apologize to him and all the fans that traded him in. He's only 4% owned. I think that about four weeks ago, people started jumping on him. And me and Billy both thought, look, he might go okay here and there, but it's a bit of an error. He's just never shown much before as a super coach option. I wouldn't do it. We were very wrong. I'm happy to just swallow my pride and say, you know, it, it was a great call to get him in, and I wish that I did it as well. He's gone since then. Uh, 128 versus the Broncos was his big one. And he backed that up when I didn't think that he would have with an 85 against the Dolphins. And even then, I just wasn't too sure. He scored 29 versus the Raiders, and I thought, oh, I'm pretty warranted now. Like, it's sort of that's a DWZ downfall that I thought would happen. But then he throws up 175 points against the Dragons. Now, obviously, there's two ways that you can look at that last round. You can go, geez, you know, he was a really good option a month ago. But you know, you can also make the argument that look, this is a guy that had never scored more than a double. He had never scored a hat-trick ever in his career, and he just put up a quaddie. Very unlikely to happen, but it was against the Dragons. Uh, they do have a tougher run coming up now. So certainly, I wouldn't be paying 700k for him now, but it was a masterstroke. Charles nickel clockstab 145 points second most points have to say super surprised that he's almost 23 percent owned I did not think that he would be that high still I thought that I jumped off a bit later than a lot of people I sort of I hung on to him when he had that head knock and that 17 points and wasn't going that well and I just thought you know selling him around that buy time it was fine and geez I really should have held on to him and it's going to be one of those mistakes that I made for the season where I just did not have the patience with him. 145 points is massive. Drinking 140, that's three scores of 140 plus, which is huge. We had 10 100 plus scores, which was really solid. Um, shout out to David Fafita as well. He's another one who ruined my, ruined my week. I sold him a few weeks ago. I saw a lot of people selling him even just last week, and he threw up 121 points. And I tell you what, it could have been a lot higher than that. He had nine tackle breaks, a, a try assist, line break assist, which was great, and his own line break try, which was barnstorming. We've got to get David Fafina back into our sides as soon as possible. The saving grace is obviously he now has um, still a high break even, close to 150, so he's still going to drop cash. Playing against Canberra at GIO, it's not an easy travel for them, so you hope that maybe he can stick to like a a 70-odd point score and that would be okay, and then he's going to drop past, you know, in the 700s for price point after Origin. That's the hope. I'm very scared now watching David Fafita, though, because he looks in sensational form. The Eagles combo. Gutherson updated to 119 points, which is really annoying because I would have looped that if I he was going to go up an extra 10. That would have pushed me over the edge to take Schuster. And Mitchell Moses, 118. Uh, I was super glad that I held Moses. He's in under, under 20% of teams. Um, obviously, Sean Johnson scored 112 and was a great trade-in for last week. 25% ownership. He's now 5%... More owned than what Mitchell Moses is, though. So I actually really liked the the holding of Mitchell Moses. I thought it was a really good move, and that was pretty warranted. And I think going forward, it's going to keep paying dividends. That Gutho-Moses combo at the moment, especially with Brown out, their usage and how much those guys are being depended on in the Parramatta attack, I think they're both going to have crackers of a final third of a season because I don't think Dylan Brown is going to be back for them in the short term. So great for them. Um, Parramatta players still had more in the top 10 t- scores for last week, 105 points for Hopgood. He just keeps on continuing on, and, you know, Tyrone Peachy, very heavily sold, 107 points, and now only in 7.5% teams, really annoying for teams that sold him, that's just really unlucky, but we had another paramount player with the final ton of 104 points, that was Will Pennicini. I really liked him as a pot a few weeks ago, um, just couldn't pull the trigger because of his ceiling, he just doesn't seem to be able to get over that 100-point 100, 100 mark, and he did not on the weekend versus the Dolphins. So, geez, there were some really good scorers last round. We're going to move on to market watch now and have a look at some of the trade-ins and trade-outs because it's a pretty critical week now, um, just before that next big buy-around, and also with that full slate of games this week as well. So there's going to be some really big sit-start decisions too. So let's start with the top 10 most trade-out players. Uh, number one on the list is Josh Schuster. He just lost $36,000. He was on my first trade-out last week. It was just one of those weeks where it didn't quite work with the money that I needed to do some other things. I decided to be really aggressive and get Cody Walker in because I especially wanted him for that buy and I was hoping that he was going to have a big game. didn't work out for me. It also cost me looping, so it just shows you the big flow and effect it has when you keep these guys in that you know are going to score poorly. This is a point of the season where we spoke about it last week in our strategy chat. You've got to get these guys here. You can't have these... Guys that are hand-breaking or your looping opportunity at the moment because it's just going to cost you too many points. It cost me a huge amount of points on the weekend, so he's my number one most traded-out player for sure of my team. Josh Schuster, 400K. Absolutely everyone should be getting him out because he could throw up another 20 this week and just start to bleed the cash that he actually made, but the looping stuff is what really kills me. Reese Walsh, 630,000. Um, this is an interesting one. You know, I'm not going to get into his suspension and everything else and all the controversy around that. That's a great one for talking footy. I'll hit up Jamie Sout and get the players' thoughts on that as a former player. But as far as Supercoach goes, you know, it's a three-match suspension. He's got origin in there that he's not going to be playing now. It's an easy trade-out. What I would just say to people, though, if you saw him as a hold for the rest of the year, um, it is a point now where... A lot of players are going to be out for that big buy round anyway. Uh, you probably weren't relying on him to play that as it was. And it's just a point where you might have other things that you want to do with your side. I don't think that he's a must trade out. If you were of the opinion that you wanted him for the run home, I didn't want him for the run home. I was happy just to not have Reese Welsh. If you owned him for a while now and you just kept holding him, I think it's a lot easier to trade him out. But certainly if you brought him in a couple of weeks ago and you sort of thought, okay, well, I'm going to have him for my fullback on the run home. It, you can get rid of him. You can jump ship. Um, but likewise, I think considering the fullback stocks at the moment, it could also be a bit of a pottage move to say, you know what? I don't have to trade him out. He's only got a 72 break even as well, by the way. So he's not going to bleed any more cash. Uh, and I'm just going to hold him for a few weeks because when he comes back, he's going to be a real pot option. You do need to remember, though, that he does have uh, the buy in round 25. So that takes another game out that you're going to get of value. Uh, I would lean towards selling him always, mainly because I don't see him as a run-home option as much as some of the other guys when you consider now he's been handicapped by all these games he's going to miss. Uh, And certainly this late in the season, it hurts you a lot more. If it was round 10, you could cop having a couple of games out and not worry about it as much. I think at this point, though, there's there's very few rounds left for him to make up that value of the games that he's missed. If you really think that he's going to just blow up for the rest of the season, though, I wouldn't say to anyone, look, you have to sell him. Uh, but he's obviously an easy trade-out for most people. Taruva, that's a pretty easy one. Uh, Zach Hosking, very easy one. Billy Smith, very easy one. And there's a lot of these ones. Cody Nicarima, uh, look... <laughs> trading him out. He's not particularly highly owned at 12%. I will just say with him, he's got a 74 break even, but there is a couple of interesting things to consider if you're a Cody Nicorima owner. So just this morning, uh, it came out that he was actually training at fullback and they've got the hammer training at centre. So it looks like that he's going to line up as the starting fullback for the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins have been poor lately, um, but they are playing the Broncos who are going to be a bit under strength. That's one thing. But the bigger thing is that they're, in round 19, being next week in the big buy round, going to play the Gold Coast Titans at SeaBus Super Stadium. That's going to be a really good game for Cody Nikorima owners. Um, and he's it's, it's going to be definitely in pod territory as well. So with a 74 break even, if he's starting fullback this week, you do not have to sell him. He's unlikely to bleed a huge amount of cash. And then you've got him in that big buy round 19 as a pod option. And the Gold Coast Titans do like to give scores up to attacking players like him. So, yeah, I actually think that it can be a pretty astute hold for a lot of people that actually own Cody Nicarima at the moment. Harrison Edwards, super easy. The next one that's a bit controversial, though, is Doreen Buller. The Dream has been getting traded out quite a bit the last few weeks. He's in 20% of teams now, uh, just about halved from what his peak ownership was. He's got a break even of 100 as well. Uh, But this week, I'm actually going to support holding him, and I'm going to give you my my selling points on that. First of all, North Queensland Cowboys, it is a uh, Townsville that isn't the easiest game, but the Cowboys have just kept showing vulnerability to give up points here and there. Obviously, the Tigers put up 66 points against them their last their last time they played against each other. Now, yeah, you could have two different ways of thinking on this one. You could be thinking, hey, the Cowboys are going to want revenge. They're going to really be up for this one. It's going to be at home in Townsville. They're going to put it on the Tigers because they're going to be embarrassed by last time. I thought they were going to put it on the Tigers last time, and, and they got absolutely drilled. Now, it, it could happen again that the Tigers can put on a lot of points. I'm not going to say 66 points, but Jerome Buller against the Cowboys last time scored 124 points, and that was only in round 12. It wasn't that long ago. Now, that was also a game that they scored 66, but for a long period of time, especially that whole first half, Buller looked like he wasn't going to do much at all. He wasn't even that involved in it. So I I could definitely see him hitting 100 again against the Cowboys this week. Then you've got to remember, round 19, he's playing the Sharks, Tough matchup still, but at the same time, it is a big buy round and having someone like Buller in that big buy round when he's probably going to be around fifteen percent ownership, that could be pretty handy. So certainly when guys like Reese Walsh are out, Tommy Travojevic is out, Teddy you can't consider at the moment at all. I don't know who you're trading him to. If you own Gutherson and Buller at the moment, then you'd probably you know, be able to hold him pretty easily. Uh, maybe people are looking at drink water, but that shit might have sailed a, bit, a little bit. He's almost $900,000 now, and you miss some of his key matchups. I really think that if I had him, I, I'd, I'd be looking at what else I need to do in my team first before I'm trying to get him out because he could be a really easy hold for the next couple of weeks. James Tedesco, 2% of owners are, are trading him out. Makes him top 10, 138 break even. He had his worst game in, in real life um, and also in uh, Coach on the weekend, um, 32 points, that's his third worst score of the season so far. Pretty close to his worst, though. And look, I thought that he was going to be better against Canberra. And in real life, it was easily his worst game of the season. He was very, very poor. Um, I was very hesitant to trade out Teddy a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I'm glad that I did it because I went Teddy to Gutherson uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. And that's worked out fantastic. At the moment, Teddy's still got pretty good value at over 700000 though, because he did have that, have that three-round run of really good games, scoring 118, 118, and 66. Playing against Manly this week, I could actually see Teddy doing really well, um, but he's going to still bleed cash, and he then has uh, round 19 off. He comes out having a game against the Storm, which is going to be a tough one for the Roosters, and really, at the moment, with all the injuries and the sort of team that they've named for this week, I, it's easy to bite the bullet and just get rid of Tedesco. So I certainly agree with the decision, um, and there's certainly some good options. I would be looking at a Clint Gutherson at the moment. I think he's going great guns. Sean Keppie rounds out the top 10 most traded out. Pretty easy one there. So let's just go straight into the traded-in players. Cameron Munster, number one. Uh, I was getting Munster straight in last week myself. That's actually what ruined my round a little bit because uh, Schuster Munster was on for me. I had the money to do it pretty easily. And then Munster was ruled out and I had to completely change my plans and I ended up paying up to get a Cody Walker instead. If I could have just gone Munster last week, it would have helped me so much more. Um, he, he had the matchup last week that would have been better as well. I like buying him, though, because at the end of the day, 666000 with a 56 break-even. It's a prime time to buy Cameron Munster for the run home. And he is a guy that you're going to want. Uh, probably the only thing that I will mention... It is is playing against a Penrith side. that are going to have everyone, bar and Cleary, back. It could be a pretty dour affair. And then he's not going to play the following week in round 19. And then we're going to be looking at post-Origin. And post-Origin, you know, round 20, they do have the Roosters. One of the things with round 20 is that the um, Storm play on the Saturday again. Now, whether that's enough of a turnaround or whether they want to rest him again, I'm not sure. But if they did end up resting him for that round 20 game as well, then all of a sudden... You're going to get him for a week and then you're going to miss a couple and not have him back till round 21. So just some things to consider. I, I don't. I think that he's a good trade-in for, for the run home at the moment with a 50s break even though he's not going to go up hugely even if he goes really well. And it is going to be a tough game against Penrith. So I certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of it if that's your, your run home 5-8 and it should be and you want to get him in now because you don't have anything else to fix. Makes complete sense. If you don't have to get him in this week though, then I certainly reckon that you could easily wait until after Origin 3 and then assess then, and it's not going to really cost you anything to do that. Britton Okora, second most traded in player, $648,000. Uh, there is a fair bit of value in getting Britton Okora in at the moment. 18% is pretty high in his ownership compared to where he was certainly a month ago, but in saying that, you know he's, he's not going to get to 30-plus percent ownership because after this week, I expect him to... Probably uh, start to go back up in value after going down a little bit, potentially, this week. And I think that other teams are going to have more priorities to get into their sides. He could go really well against the Dragons. Um, last game that he played against them was in round four. He scored 98 points, and that was his best score of the season. He actually hasn't hit a ton yet. I reckon that this is going to be the week that, that we get a Britton acora tonne. I think it's going to come. He got the 98 almost there against the Dragons last time, and he hasn't scored. A tr- he scored a try in the week uh, on his last game against the Bulldogs for a 74. That's pretty low for him with a try. His other games with tries this year: 84 points, 98 points, 81 points, and 92 points. If you think he's going to get a try against the Dragons, and it is a weak Dragons side that's been named that got absolutely creamed by the Warriors last week then you know, he's he's at least 80s, if not 90s in a score. And if anything else goes his way, it's going to be even better than that. So he's on average score of 63 versus Dragons on his career as well. That puts him in the top half a dozen sides as far as the ones that he likes playing. Can't get around him enough. I, I think the run home for him is sensational. And with all their Sharks players that we're going to talk about, you need to look at this run from now because this is a time for them. They no longer have any buys left. They play the big buy of round 19. And their run from this week... Dragons, then they've got the Tigers, the Warriors, and Manly. They hit a couple of harder games where you might get worried, where they play Penrith and Souths, and then they go back to the Titans, the Cowboys, the Knights, and the Raiders. So that last month and this next month is great. In the middle, you've got a couple of harder games, but I tell you what, the Sharks run home looks Just about as good, if not better, than anybody's in the competition at the moment. So, Britton Acura is an easy trade-in. He's going to get you big points this week, possibly 100-plus, and he's certainly going to be a keeper for the run home. So, I can't talk about how much I love that trade enough. When we're going down to number three on the list, there's going to be a lot of sharks in this when we do talk about it, but third-most trade-in, Ronaldo Mulatalo, 4.3% of coaches bringing him in. He is obviously your premium center-wing option and he is poised to be brought in this week at 617000 He would have cost you over 700000 just a few weeks ago. He's still under 11% of teams, so it is a really, really good time. The timing for his purchase this week has worked out perfectly right before the big buy round next week and play the Dragons this week. I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't score a try. Probably the only thing to consider is in the second half of last season, after having a great start to the season... He really fell off. Militello did not finish the season well, and it's going to be questionable whether that's going to be a pattern for him or not. If you're looking at the second half of uh, last season, between rounds 19 and 26, he averaged 52 points a game. That was well below the 61 points a game that he averaged. So, you know, if you're buying him for his 66 point per game average at the moment, and he goes 56 for the rest of the year, it's going to be really disappointing. He has done it before, but with the current draw. I just can't see it happening. Um, when you have a look at the, the doubles that he scored this year, it's happened three times. He scored 97, 82, and 96 points each time he scored two tries, and he hasn't got a hat trick. So this week against the Dragons, at home at PointsBet Stadium, I really like him for a double as well. Obviously, I reckon that the Sharks are going to put on a lot of points, but he shapes up as a fantastic buy. At just over $600,000, is the best value that you're going to get on him uh, since round three, when he was 593000 so he has not been cheaper. He might be a little bit cheaper next week. So certainly, if you miss out on him and you want to look at him next week, he might be you know, closer to six hundred thousand if he doesn't get a big score. But you know, in all likelihood, he might even go up a few thousand, and I think that he will. So now's the week to get him in. Love it as a trade in. Continue on down the list. Dylan Edwards, bit more controversial. So he's the fourth most traded in player at the moment. And look, six hundred sixty thousand. I think that a lot of Reese Walsh owners are going to Dylan Edwards. He's twelve percent owned. 70 break even, I I don't want to disrespect Dylan Edwards too much because I really like him as a player, but it is just one of those things where whenever I look at him, I really respect what he puts up, but I just always think that there's better options. You know, he's last three rounds, he's been really solid, 73, 77 and 69 points, and that is Dylan Edwards. You know, he's just super solid. He, do, he does have some really big scores this year, but I just... I can't see him matching it with the guys like Clint Gutherson that are just carving it up at the moment. Uh, and certainly if I had a Jerome Buller, I'd probably just hold a Buller because I just don't think that it's going to hurt you that much. You know, he's obviously going great at a 73.7 score at the moment. He's got a 5 round average of 67.6. I think that he's going to be below his season average to finish out the year. Um, and certainly looking at some of these games coming up, this a mix of good ones and hard ones. Melbourne this week is going to be a really tough slog Uh, for the Penrith Panthers. It's at Marble Stadium. Uh, The Dolphins in round 20, he's going to miss round 19. So again, another guy that you're going to get in this week for a really tough matchup and then not get a game out of him the following week. That's another bad thing. But Dolphins round 20 and Bulldogs round 21. You know, that's, that's two good matchups for them. Unfortunately, after that, they then hit Sharks in Melbourne. So you could argue three out of the next five games are going to be pretty tough for Penrith. So, you know, I, I just can't get around Dylan Edwards. It might work out. He's certainly not going to give you bad points. But if you own Buller to him, i I've just hold Buller for the, for the number for the um, next big buy next round. Brendan McCura. Now, he is now starting for the Broncos. It looks like that Jordan Rookie is going to probably miss the rest of the season at the moment with his foot injury. Two hundred and eighty nine thousand, he's just gone up thirty eight K. Shout out to Wilfred who got him in a week early and, and ended up getting the extra thirty eight K discount. That was great. I'd say it was fantastic planning from the former champ, but I think the catfish got a little bit of kiss somewhere for that one to happen. But you know, Ricky going down has secured Brendan Picura as one of the better cash cows for the last month of football I think that we've seen. At two hundred and eighty nine thousand, he's playing against the Dolphins edge this week, so if you're short on, you know, really good players you could even look at throwing him in. The best thing for him, though, and, and this is probably you know going to segue a little bit into a bit of strategy talk on the sort of trades that you should be doing at the moment. A lot of teams don't really have the room or the ability to, to start looking at cash cows at the moment. Unless you've sort of got that 15-plus trades left, it's going to be hard to get cash cows because by the time they make the money, you're going to have to trade them out and you're not going to be able to use a trade a lot of the time. But a really good focus to have is if you can find someone like this guy, who is going to start and play 80 minutes and score decent points and make money, it means that at a minus three break even, if you end up with some trades left in the last few rounds especially, then it's a luxury that you're going to be able to trade him out at probably a a $200,000 profit possibly. That's going to be great. But if you have to hold him, it's not really going to matter because he's still going to give you around about a 50 approximate um, AE if you have to do any loops or whatever. And that's the sort of protection that you want. As an 80-minute edge back rower, he's going to score okay. It's not like a center-wing cheapie. So this is the sort of guy that I'm targeting. I'm looking at Schuster to him to free up cash. And I'll probably never play Brendan Picura, but at the same time, if I need to, he's there as depth. And if I need to have him as an AE come in, he's not going to give me a terrible score like a Schuster. So it makes a lot of sense as a trade. It's really... Good that it's coming this week because it's going to make it a lot easier for coaches and looking away way out of some players like Schuster and also looking to free up some cash. So I do like it. Moving right along. So out of the top five at number six, Valentine Holmes. Bit of a run home one this run. Um, I, I won't say I'm surprised, but you know Val Holmes was really popular at the start of the year. He was in He's in 23% of teams now. I think he was in about 36% of teams to start the season. Really, he started very solid, a lot of 60 pluses, but nothing really big until round eight when he went 105. The last month of football, he's been sensational. 92 points in round 11, 52 points round 12, 150 points in round 14 versus Storm, and then he backs that 150 up with 91 points against South Sydney. It's coincided with the Cowboys playing a lot better, which is going to help him. And the current draw at the moment for them you know, West Tigers next week uh, next game I should say sorry, uh, then they do have the round 19 buy and then they do have Manly in round 20 which could be a good one for them as well, Parramatta a little bit harder, uh, then they hit the Titans so the next month the football is pretty solid for them, certainly he's a run home option, I wouldn't say that you have to get him in for the run home though, so you know 755000 it's going to be tough to pay that for a centre wing if you don't have him already I would certainly, considering the Sharks' draw, not care too much if I had to go someone like a Militalo instead of a Holmes. It's probably, it's not going to be as safe, but Militalo still still been very consistent this year and has some upside with the current draw the Sharks have. For an extra $150,000, some teams might need to bite the bullet and make those type of moves. I wouldn't be hugely worried if you had to. When you're paying 700k plus for a centre wing, it's a danger area for me. I think that that's starting to get to a point where you're you could be paying too much because they always um, have the ebbs and flows of, of the drops. Um, like you know, my friend Sivo, who is never really a, a fully fledged keeper in the centre wing, uh, was over seven hundred thousand or about seven hundred thousand, and now he's only five hundred and something. You know, the drops can happen pretty quickly. Val Holmes obviously has origin as well at the moment. The next guy on the list, though, is his teammate's got drink water and eight hundred ninety-two thousand. One of the great things about that price point is it's going to keep a huge amount of people off. 2.9% of teams are trading him in at the moment. He's only 3% owned though. So even with all the trade-ins and even with him doubling in ownership potentially in the next fortnight, he's still only going to be 6% owned. And I don't think many teams are going to be able to afford to pay $900,000 for Scott Drinkwater. If you got on, it's great. Um, If you didn't it's going to be tough to, to say that you should get on but if you look at his last five rounds he's averaged 110 points and realistically you know even if you go back to round eight from round eight uh, eight onwards he has gone absolutely sensational round eight onwards 105 44 54 75 95 117 104 95 and 140 five round average of 110 points. Average score for the season at almost 78 points. He genuinely looks like a keeper run-home fullback at the moment with the way the fullbacks have worked out. If there was going to be any sort of um, against getting him in, it's certainly going to be that price. Uh, Certainly some of these hundreds are going to drop out and he's going to start to reduce in price at some point. And the other thing that I would say that I'm even worried about as an owner is... All the attacks going to him. He's getting a huge amount of tries. He's averaging around three tries a game for the last five rounds. And whether that's sustainable or not, you know, a lot of people will argue it's not, and they might be right. I can see that, you know, one tries assist game coming where he scores like thirty-nine points, forty-five points, and you know that's that's well and truly there. And he could do that for a couple of weeks in a row. The problem is the Cowboys' attack and their resurgence going towards the top eight is all about Scott Drinkwater being the most involved player in that spine and the guy that's going to make things happen. And he's been able to come through and do that. So I don't see them going away from that too much. He's been doing a lot of general play kicking. He had a couple of tries assists on the weekend that was all just off kicks. Uh, I, I don't see them going away from that because, I mean, they had did and they had Towns in there and he's still getting some kicks that he gets to put in in the attacking zone. So, you know, yeah, it could drop down, but there is a chance that he just keeps on going. And this is one of those gut ones where, you know, considering his ownership, and what he's been doing, if you think it's going to continue and you've got the money, I would not talk you out of it at all because he could be a run-home option at the moment with the way the fullbacks have panned out. David Fafita, kind of already spoke about him, but, I mean, look, 149 break-even. I get why people just want to get him in the side because it was terrible to try and watch him on the weekend. Aside from when he got benched, he's actually gone um, five 100-point scores in a row. Uh, so that was pretty bad to watch on the weekend, getting getting his season high of 121. Before that, he had a 16-point benching game of 30 minutes, but discount that, 116, 111, 114 before it. He actually hasn't scored below 70-plus since round three when he's actually started and played 80 minutes. It's been a sensational season for him. I couldn't talk anyone out of just getting him in so they've got him for the run home. He could go well against Canberra, But with our break-even and with Origin coming up, we do have the opportunity to wait for him, and that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be hoping that he's going to go down another 80K and to get him at about 770K post-Origin 3. And I think that that's a a decent play to make. Jack Howarth, ninth most trading player. I saw on Central a few people asking, are we in enough season yet? Is this enough time? For those people that don't know enough, is somebody who's not playing Not going to get picked and hopefully dual position because that's the best enough that you can have like Howarth as a second row centre wing dual. Uh, The other good one to have is a a second row front row forward dual and it's a guy that you know just isn't going to get picked in first grade because you don't want them to be picked because you specifically want them there to be able to loop with uh, and you specifically want them there to not be an AE nightmare of someone that can score eight points off a bench. Uh, At the moment, it doesn't look like Howarth is going to get a run which is really surprising to me because he's on, I think, a five-year deal starting last season of 500k a year. They were really big on him. He's an Australian schoolboys guy. I thought that he would have been playing by now on the bench, at least, but haven't, hasn't had a look in. By all accounts, been playing well in Queensland Cup, so I wouldn't be surprised if he actually comes in. So if you're choosing Nafs, um, you might want to reconsider. I do think that the a lot of the time we go for those second-row forward, center wing Nafs like a Howarth for the flexibility, but there actually isn't a lot of center wing second row four duels to swap them with and that's the first thing that you want uh the second thing that it does give you though is i mean i've got him in my side and one of the things that it does allow me to do is like after the buy round i want to sell someone like alex johnston and because i've got seven center wings maybe i want to say well look i'm happy to run with six center wings i can move howarth down to my center wing and buy a ford for the run home that might actually let me get david Fafida in for an alex johnston swap and that's why you've got that value in the jewels. Make sure if you are going enough, you do get yourself a jewel of some sort for the flexibility for the run home. But is it enough season? Look, not really. Uh, I think that one enough is fine to have, though, and it can be really helpful to free up cash, get rid of AE nightmares, and move forward. But you need to make sure that it's in a position like centre wing where you've got seven spots there to fill, uh, or second row forward. Those are the spots for enough potentially, or even a jewel. Um, that's going to be on your front row forward bench as your fourth front row forward. Don't get one in at hooker for a Sonny Luke because when your hooker goes down, you're in trouble. Um, don't get one in your halves, but certainly those other spots. I think you can get one. If you really wanted to, you know, be real risky, <laughs> maybe two. But I've seen some teams getting in enough of a Howarth when they've already got a couple of guys that aren't really playing. You can't do that this year. I don't think there is way too many of uh, buys, and you're going to get injuries and suspensions, you need the depth this year for the run home. So I wouldn't recommend it past one at all. But certainly if you don't have any, you know, yeah, starting to make a bit of sense. Nico Hines, 2.3% of coaches are trading him in. I don't understand why coaches are trading him out, but he is a must this week. 53% of teams own him currently. There is probably 70% of teams that are still playing. Uh, and, you know, he should be 70% plus owned. Every team that's still playing... Has to have Nico Hines this week. It doesn't matter what you need to do. Do a second enough to get Nico Hines in. Get Nico Hines in this week because you have to have him. All right. Time for TLT. Let's go through it. Machine gun. Rapid fire. We might spend a little bit more time focusing on some pod moves that weren't in the trading players. Sharks vs. Dragons. First game. Uh, points bet Stadium. Obviously, everyone knows what's going to happen in this one or thinks that they do anyway. I think that everybody's banking on a Shark's Massacre of the Dragons. The Dragons were really poor last week. They don't have Jack Bird. That's another big thing. Whether Ben Hunt actually plays is always up in the air, although he's supposed to. It looks like that he will. But having Ben Murdoch-Masala on one hedge, um, that's, that's going to be a target for them for sure. And the side, you know, they've got Moga coming into three. He's been okay for them at times. But I tell you what... That left-hand defence of the Dragons last week that gave General Lutani-Zelazniak five line breaks and four tries. Yeah, that's going to be rapidly under fire in this one. Which brings me to the first pod talk of this game. Katoa. Uh, Katoa is going to be running at that wing. Katoa has not been as good as what I had hoped as someone who uh, wanted him for the buys. But in saying that, you know, he had a terrible game where he scored eight points and it was just a throwaway one where the Sharks were awful as well. But He also had a game uh, in round 14 where he scored 67 points and he's generally going to have that sort of 35 to 60 type range without a try. He hasn't scored a try for four games. That's the longest streak this year. I'm going to say that's one of his longest streaks that he's had the last few years at the Sharks. He doesn't go five games in a row without a try. He's going to get a try this week, I'm pretty sure. And he's also going to be running against that, uh, that edge and that wing where DWZ absolutely carved up. So... I really like him as a bit of a, a smoky buy. If you need to downgrade, he's four hundred and fifty thousand, so he's really easy as far as the cheapness goes. If you had the jewels, you could go Schuster to him for fifty k. You're going to get that round nineteen cover versus the West Tigers, and you're also going to get this Dragons game this week, which is pretty huge. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a double. He gets a double every year at least once. He hasn't had more than one try in a game all year, so if he gets a double, he might be looking at eighty or ninety score. For that sort of price tag, I think it's great. Uh, also, considering the the edge that he's running at, it's going to be pretty favoured. And the Dragons' defence here is awful. I could go worse than getting him in as a pod. I reckon the other pod is going to be Talakai. So he's more expensive though. So this is a bit tougher. He's averaging sixty for the year. Um, I've never really been a fan because after his explosion last year, when we bought him and he went bad, he should have. He, he showed that he can just have a lot of middling games, you know, and when you're looking at last year, between round 19 and 26, he averaged 43 points a game. It was just awful. Uh, And even in that midsection between 11 and 18, he still only averaged uh, 56 with those big games in there. And he also, this year, is averaging 51 points between round 11 and round 18. So he's on the same trajectory, which is a bit of a concern. Round one to ten last year averaged seventy-one points a game. Round one to ten this year sixty-three, and it's dropped for the eleven to eighteen average. It's a bad concern that he's going in that direction. Uh, he did in round ten have a big one against the Dolphins of one hundred and six points, though, without a try. And the the week before against the Cowboys had ninety-two with a try. He's only scored one, uh, two tries all year, which is you know decent. Uh, three round average of fifty-one. He's still getting the solid scores. The problem is that he's six hundred seventeen thousand. so certainly as a pod, you wouldn't want to pay that, especially when someone like Mulatalo is the same price. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes well this week, though, um, but I'd certainly rather pay the the one hundred sixty k less and go for someone like Katoa. Obviously, the big question in this one, though, is going to be uh, Nico Hines. Do we V, C, or C? You've got to do one of the two. I think it's completely fine on a Thursday night, first game of the round, to see someone that you are positive is going to go good. I cannot see any way he doesn't score 100 points. He scored 180 points in round four versus the Dragons. I think they're worse now. So it's scary to think um, what could happen to the Dragons this week at the hands of Nico Hines. He's got an average score against the Dragons, okay? Five games he's played against them in his career so far. His average score is 130 points per game versus the Dragons. He actually has a higher score against the Dragons in his round four, 180. He scored 182 against them last year. He loves playing the dragons, so if you are going to VC him, you'd want to make sure that it's an easy loop where you're guaranteed to get someone decent scoring in your seventeen as an AE. If you're not going to get that, throw the C straight on him because it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a bad score. Uh, it's got the potential to be a massive score, and I can't see it not being a massive score. If I were to guess, I'm going to go 145 points for Nico Hines this week. That would be my legitimate guess. Have to have him in your side. Have to look at the captaincy on him. Moving right along to the Warriors and the Rabbits. Uh, a couple of key changes in this one. The Rabbits uh, are still pretty decimated. Uh, obviously, Latrell Mitchell is still out. They do have Richie Kenna there, which is going to help with the cash generation. Uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting because someone like Cody Walker, who a lot of teams have in their side... Uh, he's got a really good career against the Warriors, but the Warriors are playing at Mount Smart, so you'd expect them to be able to get it done against the Rabbits. If you're looking at a VC on Hines, I'm going to say it throughout this whole talk on the games this week. If you've got a Hines VC, then maybe some of these other guys are captaincy options. If you are really chasing hard and you want to be super aggressive... Uh, I don't think that Cody Walker can have another game like he did last week of 36 points, considering what he's done. He hadn't scored below 60 points since Round 3, and he hadn't scored in the 30s since Round 1 this season. So the chances of him getting a score like that is very slim. Against the Warriors, he scored 150 points before, and he's got an average of 80 points a game with a really big sample size of 10 games. He performs against the Warriors. Top three teams that he plays against as far as his scoring, Warriors are right there. It amount Mount Smart. He's going to be tough, but the Rabbitohs, like normal premiership favourites, generally will bounce back the following week. I think the Warriors go well. I think they might even win, but I can't see South putting up that sort of lethargic performance in attack that they put up last week. So I do really like Cody Walker this week. One of the big sit play options is going to be Alex Johnston. Uh, I would not be selling him because he plays the Bulldogs in the big buy coming up, so I think that's going to be hugely valuable. But the problem is, you know, do you actually start him? I think that it's fine to sit Alex Johnston this week. Uh, He scored 45 last week without a try, 28 the week before without a try. What I will say is that all year, two games in a row without a try is the most that he's done. And generally in his career, he doesn't do more than two games in a row without a try very often. He hasn't scored for the last two, two games. I think it's highly likely that he goes over the stripe. Whether that means he scores, you know, a a 56-point game like he did in round seven with a try. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. But if he scores a double, and that's already happened for four of his 15 games where he scored two or more tries, then all of a sudden you're looking at a 75 to 90 type of score for him. So I'm going to be playing him. I understand why teams are sitting him. But the law of averages and how he normally runs with scoring tries says that He's a very high chance of scoring a try this week. So I don't mind sitting him if you're really against... you know, If you really think that he, the Warriors are going to put it over Souths and they're not going to bounce back. I tend to think that they are going to bounce back a little bit, so I don't mind it. Uh, other ones for this game, you know, it's there isn't really other big changes. Josh Curran is going to be the draft one to watch. Uh, he's come in and starting at number 12 now. And with that starting spot for Nakore, who's out for another few weeks, that's going to be pretty valuable for draft. On the Warriors side, you know, if you've got Sean Johnson, it's great. At the moment, you're going to be paying a huge amount of money for him if you don't. I do like him in this one. I think that he's going to have another good game. But Charles Nickel start a little bit polarizing. Some people are still looking at him as a run-home keeper. He's well over the 700k mark now. He might go forward and and be a a real good run home keeper. I just, I can't see it at that price tag of someone to buy. I just could not buy him this week at that price tag. And I think there's other options that could do just as well as him for the run home that are going to be much cheaper. So I'm just not particularly on board with that one. Storm versus Panthers, the third game of the round. There is a little bit of rumors going around that Nick Meany might be out. So I'd be watching out for that one. Uh, the other big news is obviously Cameron Munster is in, though. Uh, my other bad trade was a Storm trade last week. I got Harry Grant in for Cook, and Harry Grant was quite poor. Uh, but the big news as well is that for Melbourne Storm, Katoa owners, he's still not even in the 22 extended score. He's nowhere to be seen. We were hoping he was going to be back this week, and he's not. Uh, for the Panthers, they're obviously pretty close to full strength now. I'm going to throw out an interesting pod. Isaac Isaac Tango has gone pretty well the last couple of weeks since we pinpointed him as a pod. He could still continue to go well. It's a tough game to look at someone like him in, though. But a guy that might be a bit of a downgrade cheapy option for the run home, Liam Martin is super cheap at the moment. And, look, he's never been a particularly relevant option, but at this point of the season... You might be looking at particular price points to give you depth and a downgrade to get someone else in as a keeper. So for instance, somebody might need to go Schuster to Munster and do a downgrade somewhere else to get that cash. You want to get a downgrade to someone who you know is going to give you solid scores and be able to be depth for you. Somewhere like second row forward, Liam Martin could fit into that. He's only scored 52 for the year. He only scored 53 points a game last year. He isn't a guy that's been able to go 60 plus, but all year he's only played one 80 minute game and it was round one where he scored eighty-three points in eighty minutes. After that, he hasn't been doing it, and he's only actually played in seven games this season. So all that means that he's gone to four hundred sixty-eight thousand as a price point with a break even of twenty-nine. So if you were going to get someone in for the run home for depth, uh, you know you can pretty much say that he's going to play eighty minutes a game after that round nineteen buy. And when you're having a look at that Panthers run, they do have some decent games in there, Um, particularly around 20 and 21, the Dolphins and the Bulldogs. Those two edges, it could be pretty good for someone like Liam Martin if he's playing the 80 minutes straight after Origin as well. The other good thing is that when you're having a look at that run home between around 20 and 27, you've got eight games there and only three of them are away. So five out of the eight, they're going to play at Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. And that's going to be a pretty good run of home games for Penrith to be playing, even against some of the tougher opposition, like Parramatta, for instance, is also the Storm and the Sharks that they're going to have to play on that run. So I think that you could do worse if you're looking at a downgrade option. Um, he's someone that's a couple of percent owned that you might be able to pinpoint. I really don't like the Panthers in this one too much. I think the Storm are going to win. Um, and I think that the, the other thing too is that it could be a tough one for the Storm. So I wouldn't be looking at any... Captaincy options here if you're going to VC Nico and it doesn't actually work out. Um, But let's move along to the Raiders and the Gold Coast Titans because this one's got a few additional options. Uh, Probably the thing to look out for in this one, I'm going to pinpoint two for the Raiders. One is going to be Corey Horsburgh. Absolutely killed it last week. Horsburgh looked fantastic and ended up with one of his best scores of the season at 87 points a game. He did that without a try again. Uh, he's starting to get a real consistent level of offloads and tackle breaks game on game, which is great. He played 70 minutes again. He seems pretty locked in for that, and I think that he's actually surpassed Big Tuppen and he is uh, the Raiders forward to own in your front row forward spot. Um, he does look like that he's a real good chance at an origin call-up, though. So if you're stuck at your front row forward spots, you might want to consider trying to plan for that the next couple of weeks because there's a good chance that he's going to be in that Origin team. Whether that's in the 17th or 18th man, it's going to rule him out if he is. Uh, But the other guy that I wanted to mention on as a a big pod, and again, when we're looking at price points, you know, someone like Katoa for the Sharks is 450 k It's a nice price point for a downgrade to help you out somewhere else or for a Schuster straight trade, potentially. Matthew Timoko was someone who was a great pod buy a couple of months ago. And he looked like he was going to be a steal for the season. And all of a sudden, he went on a four-month tear of being absolutely awful. So between round seven and round 11, when some astute coaches got on, he went 75, 79, 119, and 69. And that was a great run of games where he averaged in excess of 85 points per game. Looked fantastic. The next four rounds, he went 32, 28, 41, and 36. Was awful. Last week against the Roosters, he scored a try and scored 55 points. He's got a base of 33 in the season, though. Really solid raw base. His base attack is 16, so 49 as a floor is pretty good for a centre wing. But he's just under 460,000, and that's the other big draw card for him. This week in round 18, plays the Gold Coast Titans at GIO Stadium. That is a phenomenal matchup for someone like him. Round 19, big buy round. Plays the Dragons. It is away, but they're not going to have really many representatives at all in Origin, so it's going to be a pretty good week for him to be running against that Dragons uh, edge that he's going to be up against. Round twenty by, you know, it's not great. Round twenty one versus the Warriors away, not great. And then you have a look at the next five matchups before their last game against the Sharks in round twenty seven. Four out of five at home, really big. Newcastle at home, Tigers at home, Melbourne away, Bulldogs at home, and Broncos at home, there's a pretty decent run for the Raiders there going forward from round 18 onwards now. So if you needed a rotation centre wing, you know, I'd say that I'd play Timoko at least four or five of those games from now on, on the run home at minimum. Potentially, there's a good argument you're going to play him eight times from round 18 onwards in your four starting centre wing spots. So he isn't bad value at 459000 and he's certainly someone to consider if you can't afford some of these other guys if you need some cover for the buy-around, if you're looking for a real pod to go on a run and, and give you a bit of a, a, a bit of an upshot against some of these more fancy guys like a Valentine home and so forth. So I actually quite like him. as a bit of a downgrade option as well. Their opposition. So we're playing up against the Titans here. Uh, I Look, I don't think that there's really any big ones to talk about with the Titans other than David Fafita, who we've already touched on. Uh, someone like Philip Sami has actually gone really well, and Billy mentioned six weeks ago he actually got on him. And he's actually been showing a really good floor. Uh, he's He's gone 60 plus 50% of the time, but his base-base attack's a big thing. He's almost scoring 50 points in base-base attack. Um, but the problem is that there's a lot of 50s and 60s scores, so he's been quite solid without being spectacular. I don't think you can get on guys like him. Brimson, I'm going to outright say, I think that he's straight into origin. Uh, so that's another talking point. Some people got on Brimson last week. He scored 61 points, solid, but that's the problem with him. He's often solid without being spectacular. I can't see him not being number one. Ponga decided to rule himself out for the series, for State of Origin. They've already won the Shield. It's 2-0. They don't need to do an SOS call to win game three. It's just not needed. Brimson was 18th man last game. I can't see him not just going straight into number one. So I certainly would not be looking at getting him in. As far as this game goes, though, I think that it's going to be a great one. For both sides, for the uh, Supercoach stocks, um, I will say with Tarpany, he's been going a little bit better, as we've sort of pinpointed. He scored 71 points on the weekend in 50 minutes. Uh, The minutes was a bit down. Before that, he was going a lot better with the minutes for at least a month. But 45 in raw base on the weekend, 71 points. He got um, some clutch attack stats with an assist, and I think that we're going to see that more. He still hasn't scored a try at round 18. He's playing against the Titans and the Dragons the next two weeks. I think he's definitely going for a try. If you think that he's going to go on the sort of run that he went on last year, and let's remind everybody, last year between round 19 and 26, he averaged 66 points a game. At 599,000, there's a bit of value there. Uh, And he does have the sort of draw, like we said, where he could come home pretty strong. So, you know, that's something to consider if you're looking at a purchase for someone to go in your front row forward, which some might uh, then maybe he's someone to have a look at because I do think that the next couple of weeks he's going to hit some more clutch. Big potential for his first try of the year is going to come as well. Broncos versus Dolphins. Look, oh, The Dolphins have all of a sudden turned into who we thought they might have been at the start of the season, which you, know, you can't really blame them for with the sort of depth and stuff that they have. It's going to be interesting in this one, though, with Reese Walsh out, how that actually affects the Broncos. It's going to be at the Gabba, this one. Uh, you'd imagine that it's going to be Tristan Saylor going into the number one jersey. He automatically becomes a bit of a draft prospect to look at. Uh, Payne Haas and also Carrigan. I tend to think that with Xavier Wilson and Pekura starting as their edge back rowers and Keenan Palacia starting at prop, they're really going to lean on Haas and Carrigan a lot this game. And it is a matchup against a, you know, a seasoned forward pack. I guess, in the Dolphins, but one that could be ripped apart a little bit by Payne Haas and Carrigan. So if you're looking at Payne Haas for the run home, I could see him having an absolute pearler of a game this one before he goes into origin. So certainly if you got no other fires to put out, I think he's a really good trade in this week, so I'd certainly be looking at him. Uh, obviously no real captain options in this one if you go on the VC Nico route. Ballong's Newcastle. Not a huge amount of changes in this one that are particularly relevant, um, but I do want to pinpoint the fact that Greg Margeau scored 68 points last week, and he did it without any attacking stats. And people are disappointed. Like There was teams that were selling Big Greg last week. 69 points, I should say, not 68. Had a 41 base, and his base and base attack is just 62 points a game, unheard of as a floor for a winger. He's 700000 so he's obviously not going to buy him. But please, 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 everyone, do not sell him. He does have the round 19 buy. But he hasn't scored a try for a couple of weeks now. Uh, he's very well due and playing against the Bulldogs. I could definitely see a double for Big Greg. And when we're looking at the doubles, this year he's got three of them, where he scored two or more tries. 122 points for two tries in round four. 102, uh, 92 points in round six with two tries. And then three try outing back in round 13 in the big buy where he scored 138 points. He's got huge potential against his Bulldog side that's been named to put up a big score. So I'm really excited for Big Greg. Uh, Likewise, Dom Young, I think he's a special to go for a try in this one as a massive pod. He's gone 58, 45, and 111 the last three weeks. Um, He's got actually a double in round 16 for 45 points, which is absolutely putrid. But he does keep scoring points, and he does have a a, a four-try outing, Uh, where he scored 148 points in round five versus Manly. I'm not going to say that that's going to happen versus the Bulldogs, but I do like the upset. You know, at the moment, you're going to get close to $2 for the Knights to win this playing away. I think the Knights are special, so this one is underdogs. I really like it. So you can jump on picklebet.com and have a look at that. But Dom Young and Marju, I reckon that they're both going to be scoring tries, which brings us to Kalen Ponga. He has now become pretty popular, but a few teams are actually starting to get a bit itchy, I think because they thought that maybe you're going to origin. He went 47 points on the weekend and only had one try. for. He had a try in there for only 47 points. So that was a pretty bad outing in 80 minutes for him. Don't forget what he did the five rounds before that, though. 95-92, He has been on absolute fire. And against this Bulldog side, you know, he has scored a try four out of his last six games since returning from injury. I cannot see him not getting a try this week against the Dogs as well. Yes, I think the Newcastle Knights are going to be looking at a 28-plus a score, and the guys that normally score those tries for them are going to be Ponga and their wingers. So uh, if I was going to VC Nico Hines, and Nico Hines put up a 70-point score somehow, which I don't think will happen, Caelan Ponga is probably my captain of the week, and he's going to be one that nobody's going to be on as well. I could definitely see a 100-plus score from Ponga against the Bulldogs this week, and I'm really looking forward to it as an owner. On the bulldog side, I don't think there's too much there. Uh, I think that if you own Matt Burton before, it's great. If you didn't, then I wouldn't be bringing him in at the moment with the state of the Bulldogs. Interesting thing here, though, is that with the team that's been named, finally Maxi King has come in and started again. He's been on the bench for months now. He's been nursing a rib injury, which was always going to get better eventually. It looks like it might have, and that's going to be a really interesting watch because at the moment with King, he started the season great. You know, I thought for the first month of footy, he was the best prop in the game to start the season. And then he had this gradual fall off and then got injured. If you have a look at his last uh, five rounds, his minutes have been 39, 46, 39, 29, and 43. And he's been playing off the bench largely for most of that, even when he's been named at number eight. He's 440,000 now. Uh, I'm not saying buy him. He's got a B of 71, though. And he's going to play that big buy versus Souths. So he's on my watch list for this because if somehow... He goes back up to 58 to 62-minute range, which is what he was the first couple of months of the season before his injury. Then all of a sudden, he's probably going to be about 420000 for that big buy as a second-row-forward, front-row-forward jewel that you could keep for your run home and probably average around 62 points a game for the run home if he's playing those minutes. Then all of a sudden, that's pretty appealing. So certainly, if he's been dropped in your draft comps, I'd be scooping him right up because he could have a really big finish to the season. It looks like he's healthy. Hopefully, he will start. Last game of the round, the Seagulls versus the Roosters. Who knows what's going to come of this one, but we do know that Ruben Garrick is at fullback, which is nice for Ruben Garrick owners. Uh, And obviously, DCE is going to be back um, in the lineup at home, and he always plays well at home. So, Ola Kowatu is another one. I was not big on Ola Kowatu, but he did present some value to at least... Mentioned last week, uh, he came through with 81 points with a try. It's his first try since round 18. Uh, sorry, since round eight, I should say. Now, look, we do have some stats before that we've gone through last year when Turbo went down. That sort of said when, when Turbo's out of the side, Alakua to get more ball and gets more opportunity. He scores some more tries. If that happens, um, then he could be on for a really good run to finish the season. The middle half for last season. Around 11 to 18, he averaged 76 points a game without Turbo. A lot of those games. Now, on his run home, though, this is a concerning part. Last year, Olakwadu averaged 50 points a game between around 19 and 26. I tend to think that we might get 65 plus out of him. He could be a bit of value now, considering the draw and the fact that Turbo is not going to be there, and they might lean on him. So at 550,000, he's another one, one of those guys that might be a bit cheaper than some of the big guns if you need to downgrade and a, a bit of depth for the run home. Uh, I have to say that the Roosters are absolutely shot with injuries at the moment. Their edges for this game that they've named are uh, Nafarhu White, who, despite playing a lot of middle, has actually played a bit, of, a fair bit of edge growing up. Uh, Victor Radley, who's always been a thirteen, and he's playing on the edge. Um, both of them are pretty good defenders, so maybe it won't be that bad. But it, it's it's not a good forward pack that they've had to name. Nathan Brown starting thirteen. The Roosters are absolutely decimated by injury. The back line does have Su'a back. He's sub 400K. I still wouldn't be tempted by him. But it's going to be really tough in the Fords. Um, Siwa Wong makes his debut off the bench. I'm really interested to watch him as a Roosters fan. Fletcher Baker's back, which is going to help them. But all in all, you know this looks like a really tough outing for the Roosters. But Manly haven't looked great either. So maybe there'll be some decent scoring opportunity. But for Super Coach. I just can't go near Roosters at the moment. I do think that Manu, though, might be the sole exception, where he looks like a potential captaincy option if you want a VC. Hines and it doesn't work out. Joey Manu last week scored in the 90s with two tries, and he looked like the only guy that could really make anything happen against the Raiders. 91 points with his double, and he's backed that up with 117 the week before. Generally at centre, I don't like to have Joey Manu. He doesn't score well at centre compared to playing at fullback or even at six. But the Roosters are so decimated that they're going to have to really give him a roaming role and give him a lot of ball. And I think that's what we saw last week. And I think we're going to continue to see it because it's their only chance of winning. Uh, I do not think that Tedesco should be dropped or moved and and give Manu the fullback jersey. I think that Manu can just get enough ball to be effective while the Roosters are down on troops. And I think that's what we're going to see. So I think that he's possibly an 80-plus this week against the uh, the Mereley Seagulls. I certainly think that he's a really good player. Couldn't buy him, though, with the um the way that the Roosters have been going. But if you were looking uh, to make some money and you had a lot to spend, then it makes a bit more sense because he's got a two-break even and he's got 117 and 91 in his current rolling. That 91 is going to stick around for an extra week. He could very well make 100K if he goes on a bit of a run the next few weeks. So, you know, maybe that's a different way to make 100K and you can move him on if you've got a lot of trades. And trade to someone else because probably for the balance of the year, you're not going to want to be starting him as a center for the whole year unless he moves position. That is the podcast, everyone. So, thank you very much for listening. It's always appreciated. I love getting all the positive feedback, it's great. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon. You can also download, stream, or share at all those places and many more. You can follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore Allstars. Make sure you jump on picklebet.com today. Sign up with the referral or affiliate code of allstars, all one word, and they'll take great care of you as one of our listeners. Good luck this week. I hope your Supercoach teams all fire and score 1,500 points for the round. Make sure you tune into the Talking Footy episode this week. Great one with Jamie Seard coming, and we've got the return of Billy on next week's Supercoach episode. But as always, good luck for the round. Enjoy the footy. Can't wait to chat all about it again next week.